Hey folks, and welcome to Typology, the show on which we explore the story of you through the lens of the Enneagram. My name is Anthony Skinner, producer of the show. So happy you're here with us. If you haven't already heard, Ian's brand new book, The Story of You Workbook, is now available. My own personal way of describing The Story of You and The Story of You Workbook is The Story of You is like a revelation of, hey, we all live in broken stories and you can move from a broken story to a brand new story. And then on the heels of that, getting into the workbook, it's like having a guide walk you through the process, ask you questions give you practices, give you more content as you move from your old story to your new story. So definitely something you want to grab. It's available now everywhere fine books are sold. Today's podcast is part two of a four-part series where we're actually walking through some of the rubric SOAR, that is see, own, awaken, and rewrite your story. So I'm asking Ian some questions today around the step own how to own your story. And again, the workbook will really help you in this process as well. That's it for me, Anthony Skinner. We're so glad that you're here. And without any further ado, let's get to the show. Here is your host, Ian Crum. Mr. Skinner. Ian Cron, good to see you today. It's good to see you, my brother. Yeah, how are you? I'm doing really, really well today. Awesome. Hey, before we get to our podcast today, I want to talk with you about this. So one of the things that we do that I love, it's one of my favorite things that we get to do, is we have what's called the Typology Institute membership. And our members get several things throughout the month, but one of the special things we do is we have a special podcast that we deliver to them every month, and then we have a town hall. Let's talk about that a little bit, because I just want more people to know about this. Well, I mean, obviously, the special podcast is uh, something that just regular listeners of Typology don't have access to. Right. Uh, of course, they can if they join the, the membership. Mm-hmm. Um, and we take on all kinds of topics that, mm-hmm. you know, uh, are really, really, really exciting. You know, mm-hmm. the thing I love about the town hall, these monthly get togethers where, you know, on Zoom, we are face to face with our membership. Yeah. And we are engaged in rich conversation, you know, like one-to-one. People are raising their hands. They're Mm -hmm. like, I got a question. I mean, it's like a, I don't know, it's like kind of uh, having a little dinner party at your house and people are all asking questions. And it's really very intimate and a really uh, wonderful hour, Mm -hmm. uh, one night a month. There's Q&A, there's crosstalk. Mm-hmm. We get to know people by name. Mm-hmm. We get to know their story. I mean, yep. it's, it's really, it is a community. Yes. So I just want to encourage people, you can go to typologyinstitute.com and check that out. It's $15 a month or 150 a year. And I just think it's well worth it. So Yeah, and you know what? There's a lot of healing that takes place. Yes. Because it's amazing to me just how vulnerable Mm -hmm. people are and then how other people jump in and go i totally identify or here's how i've dealt with that particular struggle in my own life etc it's really cool yeah i love that so good i just want to make our listeners aware of that because sometimes people don't know they come and listen and we don't talk about that and they may not know so super excited about today we're in part two of our four-part series talking about your rubric that you talk about in your book, The Story of You, Soar. As I said last week, you say in your book, the genius of the Enneagram 
is not only does it reveal what needs to change, but also how to change. So I'm especially excited because we get to talk about how to change on this podcast. And in this episode, we're talking about own, which is step number two. But why don't you give us a little uh, a primer, you know, teaser, talk about where we're headed today. So by way of reminder, let's just remind people what it is we're trying to change. Mm -hmm. So in the story of you, I talk about this idea that, you know, each type isn't just describing a personality style. It's also revealing to us the story each type tells itself and others about who they are, Mm -hmm. how they think the world works. Mm -hmm. And inevitably... Each of those stories is broken. How do we know that they're broken, Anthony? Because each of those stories is in direct opposition to the story of grace. I love so, when you say that. Yeah, so, you know, obviously, do you have to be perfect in order to win love and have a sense of mastery in the world? You Ones? do not. No. Twos, do you need to meet the needs of others and disown your own that, you know, in, in, you know, uh, in, in order to find love? Mm-hmm. No, the answer is no. And I could go through all nine types. Right. And show how each of those stories, which we often in the past would have called unconscious motivations, is now helped you as a little kid make sense of life. But it's killing you in adulthood. If you continue to live trapped in all those stories, your life is going to be so limited. And and oftentimes, you're sabotaging yourself Mm -hmm. by continuing to stay inside of those stories. So last week, we talked about C. You know, what's the journey toward rewriting that story? Well, first step is you got to see it. Mm -hmm. How did I get into this story? Mm -hmm. You can't leave it until you figure out how you entered it. Right. Right. Uh, You can't go out the back door until you see the front door, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's an important thing. Today, we're going to talk about the second step, which is to own the story. Mm -hmm. It's not enough just to see it. Right, we we have to own it. When I was writing the book, I, I couldn't help but keep thinking about the fourth step in twelve step work. Mm. Made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Wow. Well, what does that mean? It means I have to go back and not only see what happened, but I got to own what happened as a result of living in this broken story. What did it cost me? Uh What did it cost others? What will it cost me? Because this is what it's going to help you to do, is to realize what's it going to cost me if I stay in this story, Mm -hmm. right? That's a good question. What's it going to cost me? Yeah. You know, I was just talking with someone yesterday, and they were talking about the cost of taking a healthy step. Mm -hmm. And I said that. I was like, well... Yeah, there is a cost, but what's the cost of staying where you are? Yeah, absolutely. So we we have to own, well, what's happened as a result of living in this broken story? Mm -hmm. Now, you know, um, someone might say, well, I'm an improver perfectionist type. Mm -hmm. And as a result, it really has hurt my partner Mm -hmm. because I've been judgmental and critical. Mm Mm-hmm. You see where I'm going? Mm-hmm. You got to own it, man. Yeah. You, as a four, you might say, well, for me, I could say, you know, as a result of the pain I experienced, I lapsed into addictions. Mm-hmm. I have to own that. Yeah. I got to see what it's cost me because what will that do? It will inspire you to get the hell out of that story. Right. This is what it's cost. And man, what's it going to cost me if I stay in it? Yeah. You yeah. know? When you're talking about the difference between dealing with a root and a leaf on a tree... A lot of times we sort of tend to the symptoms, but if there's some sort of a story that's put you on a path and you can undo that, 
Yeah. That's a powerful concept. Oh, it, it absolutely is. And by the way, I would say it's important also as we go through the own step mm-hmm. that we also own what's beautiful about us. Mm-hmm. We don't want to get into this thing where it's like, this did that, this is that. Well, no, I mean, actually, as a result of that, you know, some of my errant stories, some beautiful things came out of it. You right. know, I became empathic. I became creative. I developed a weird Irish sort of sense of humor in the face of, you know, difficult circumstance. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it, it gave me some gifts, and I want to be able to see those as well. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get rid of those. I want to take those with me into the new story. Oh, 100%. Right? But I do have to own what, what did happen, mm-hmm. you know, and what has happened as a, as a result. Okay, so... In this step, you talk about taking uh, what you call a dispassionate uh, look or taking stock, but uh, an objective sort of uh, from an objective viewpoint, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I just wonder if there are ways that you could uh, or some tips that you could give us to help us to get some distance or some objectivity or the, or to dispassionately remove ourselves so that we can uh, see it more clearly. Sure. So here's a question for you. Mm -hmm. Did you sign up for your story? No. Well, remember that when you're doing the work. That's good. I never sat down and said, I'm going to adopt this broken story. Mm. You you know what I'm saying? Like, that's just not how it works. Yeah. You know, sometimes we beat ourselves up for stuff that we had no choice in, Mm -hmm. you know? And so as you do the work, you know, I I think in the book I talk about how, you know, if you were a grocery store owner. Mm Mm-hmm. And periodically, you go through the shelves to figure out what's still fresh and what needs thrown out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so, in the, in really, in the own stage, what you're doing is kind of going through and saying, okay, well, this tomato's bad, not worth holding on to, and you throw it out. Mm-hmm. But you know what I'm saying, right? You, yeah. You're just taking an inventory. This is what happened as a result of my living in this broken story, right? Mm-hmm. I heard, this is how I, you know, maybe ended up in a estranged relationship with one of my kids. Mm. You know, um, you know the old expression in therapy, there's, you can't go around things, you have to go through them, mm-hmm. right? And so that's what we're trying to do here. It's just like go through it, you know? And again, you're not going to want to change unless you see what the cost has been and what the cost will be if you don't. Mm. That's good. Okay, you touched on this a uh, second ago. Could you tell us a part of your shadow that you had to own and a part of something that's beautiful of your, in your story that you had to own as you moved on to your new story? Well, certainly one of the things as a four, well, first of all, let me say this. As I wrote out my story in mm-hmm. the C thing, mm-hmm. one, of, one of the things that happened was like, oh my gosh, this is pure four. Did you ever, I should actually get the book out and read it, but I wrote my memoir, Jesus, My Father, the CIA and Me, before I was really doing work with the Enneagram. Love that book. And there's a section in that book where I describe how I felt about myself growing up. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my God. Gosh, you could not describe a four better than that. Wow. You know, I'm going to call an audible here, Ian, and this is not planned, but I'm going to put you on the spot. I want you to pull it up and read that section for us. Yeah, I, I, I could. Hold on. Let me just pull that up. Um, yeah, there's a, a section in it, like I just said, that just so describes a four. I didn't even really know the Enneagram then. This is okay? cool, yeah. So this is from that book, uh, Jesus, My Father, the CIA, Me. 
I write, this is not the well-rehearsed story of the once adorable child who temporarily goes through the pouty-lipped, surly adolescent phase, only to re-emerge at 18 with a new perspective on life and a scholarship to Princeton. The conviction that I was an unlovable freak had metastasized in my heart so that I curved in on myself. I was beginning to make private everything that was good about me. Mm. One of my favorite stores in Greenwich was Jean's Bicycle Shop. New and used bikes hung from hooks on the ceilings like sides of beef in a butcher shop. As you walked through the store, you had to dodge and weave to avoid hitting your head on handlebars and spiked pedals. The old oak floors was, were covered in dust and cloud-shaped three-in-one oil stains, and the never-ending sound of clicking gears played like Muzak in the background. I once went to Jeans to get my orange 10-speed Raleigh fixed, and he said that my front tire was, quote-unquote, out of true. Mm. I had never heard the expression before. When a tire rim is bent or one of its spokes is missing or damaged, the wheel no longer spins straight or true. It goes cockeyed and wobbly, and if it's bad enough, riding on it becomes impossible. That was it. I felt out of true. I was sure there was some indefinable darkness in me that I needed to make reparation to God for, a shameful defect far more serious than the pedestrian inner flaws of my peers. I subconsciously decided I could either win my father's love, restore my family's former glory, and assuage the anguish I was experiencing at home by becoming the good boy who excelled at everything, or become a bad boy and gain my father's attention that way. It's strange the way people trawl for love. Wow. So when I read that, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's that is a pure cl- four story. I felt out four. of true, man. Yeah. And, and wow. you know, to, to be able to see that and then own it and then oh all, the, all of what happened as a result of feeling that way. I mean, I was about, I don't know, I was in seventh grade when wow. this happened. You yeah. Know? That that's the that is the story I adopted, man. Wow! I am out of true. There is some indefinable darkness in me. It's unbelievable when yeah. I read it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Thanks for sharing that with us. Mm-hmm. I I love that work of yours. So that's sort of the shadow side. What's something that's beautiful that you recognized as you did this process, and that you 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 said to yourself, you know what, this is something I need to bring into my new story. Yeah, and it's actually something I have to own. Mm-hmm. You know, we spend so much time focused on the negative. Yeah, right. And uh, but to to recognize, oh my gosh, you know, I need to own my beauty, which by the way is very frightening. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier. Really, to yeah. own those parts of yourself that are broken and aren't working and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also our nature to sort of, you know, kind of focus in on those things. But it's really scary to own your beauty because guess what? Once you do, there's a burden of responsibility now to, yeah. uh, you know, deploy that beauty into work in the world. Right. Uh, to own what's, I mean, it's a, there's kind of a weird threat. You think it was just going to be awesome, but it's also like, oh, mm-hmm. if I own that beauty about myself, then uh, what am I going to do with it? Mm-hmm. Wow. So what was something you? Yeah, well, you know, I think one of the things that I've, I've come to uh, appreciate about myself is that I've kind of dedicated my whole life to helping people make sense of their suffering. Mm. As a therapist, as a priest, it's like, how does this, 
what does this mean? What does life mean? Mm. What does um, uh, my journey signify and how can I use it in a way that blesses others and the world, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That has been my life journey, right? Yeah. How, and, and, and how do I mark these things for mm. people, whether it's through Eucharist or through speaking? It's mm-hmm. like, how do I get people in touch with the mystery? Mm-hmm. And I've had to own the fact that that has been a blessing in the world, and that's part of the four story. Fours are brilliant at that stuff. They're, they're just really, really good at helping people navigate dark spaces. Mm. And that's just something I've always been good at. It, it's something that I think is a wonderful gift and mm-hmm. something beautiful about me mm. is like, well, I just read this, mm-hmm. that, that passage. For me, writing that is delicious. Mm-hmm. To share that story of feeling out of true. And then I just hope that when someone reads it, they say, oh, yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. And there's this incredible emotional connection between me and the reader in that moment. I have to own that I know how to do that. Mm, That's good. You know what I mean? Yeah. And not be embarrassed to say, oh, no, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, man, that's, that's what this Tigger does. Yeah, yeah. And I'm good at it. Yeah. And I want to, I need to own that, right? Now, if I don't own it, this book won't get written. That's right. There you go, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I have to own that beauty and then be responsible for putting it out into the world, that gift out into the world. Yeah, that's Instead good. of ducking it. Yeah. You know? Love that. Okay, so on that note, let's talk about, and we'll wrap it with this, what is uh, one beautiful thing that each type just needs to own as they move through their story? Well, man, that's a great question because... You know, I, I, I don't want people just to focus on, you know, well, you know, I'm a five and I have to own the fact that I've been un- emotionally unavailable. Right. Or I'm a six and I've been really, really fearful my whole life. Or, mm-hmm. and, that, and here's what that fear cost. Mm-hmm. That's not going to be hard for people to do, but it's going to be harder for them to own the, the beautiful thing about themselves. Yeah. Right. So I think for ones, I hope one of the things that they do is uh, own their goodness. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because ones want to be good, and at their best, they are. Yeah. So to own um, their goodness without critiquing it, mm-hmm. you know? Ooh, I think for twos, it's, it's to really own the fact that they have this gift for loving other people. And when it's healthy, it's altruistic. It's not self-interested. That's right, yeah. For threes, uh, I, I would hope that they, they can own the fact that... Um, they have this capacity to bring things into being, mm-hmm. right? Mm. Um, that that they, that in a way that the way they're like God is, is that they're always creating something new, and and they're able to kind of get there. They have this efficient manner of getting there, mm-hmm. and creating things, and building things, mm-hmm. and optimizing things, right? Yeah. Fours, I've just you know I described a few minutes earlier, right, as in reference to me, but certainly to own their creativity, Mm -hmm. to own the unusual way that they see the world, their capacity to express it to other people, Mm -hmm. fantastic. I think for fives, to own the wisdom they could have, Mm. right? To own their wisdom and and also own uh, their unique ability to um, bring an objective analytical eye to things. But it's really that wisdom, you know? That that can be so powerful. I was just with a five friend of mine this past week, and I just I I just love sitting with this guy because 
he doesn't just know stuff. He has knowledge plus experience, which equals wisdom. Mm, that's good. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I think for, for sixes, you know, really to own their unfailing loyalty to other people. Mm. For sevens, it's, it's, it's owning their joy, not settling for happiness, but really owning their joy. I love when you differentiate between those you know? two. I mean, eights, I think it's really about owning their strength uh, and their sense of justice, mm-hmm. right? And nines for owning their ability to not only radiate peace, but to bring peace into the world, right? Mm-hmm. To be able to reconcile different points of views, to mediate uh, in difficult circumstances. So again, every type has this you know, these gifts. I yeah. don't want them to lose them right. when they change the story. Yeah. I just want them to be freed up of those dimensions of the story that are actually obscuring or preventing them from actually living into this beauty. Yeah, love that. Just to remind our folks, this is part two of our four-part series. We did C, S-E-E last week. This week was Own, of course. And we have two more coming up, Awaken and Rewrite. And I just want to thank you again, Ian, for leading us through this process to help us move from our old story into a brand new story. Mm, It's been great. Good stuff. Hey, folks, remember these words. May you have love. May you have joy. May you have peace. May you have healing. May you have rest. Until next time.